Gypsophila paniculata. That's how the Missouri Botanical Garden pronounces the botanical name of baby's breath. Somehow that just seems wrong. I'm Lise Jenkins, and this is the Triangle Gardener Show. Dr. Alan Armitage has a new book out of Naked Ladies and Forget-Me-Nots. While this is a charming collection of the stories about the names we have for our plants, Alan's on a mission to make gardening more fun. We talked by phone about his new book. He explained his mission and revealed something awful. My mom has been lying to me for years. Good afternoon, Lee. This is Alan Armitage. I have um, been teaching and doing research in horticulture for many years at the University of Georgia. Been here over 30 years. Um, written a few books. Uh, I stay involved. I have retired from the University of Georgia. Uh, that is, I don't go in every day, uh, but I'm busier than ever. So um, I guess this horticulture thing, it gets in our blood, and uh, uh, I'll be doing this for some time. Fantastic. Well, now, in addition to the many, many books you've done, um, you have a new one out um, of Naked Ladies and Forget-Me-Nots. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that book and what <laughs> uh, motivated you to do that book? Well, the, the latest book uh, is actually the result of a, a couple of other books that, that I, I did earlier. Um, I went into a garden center. This is sort of the beginning of the beginning, and without boring your listeners to death here. But I went into a garden center and couldn't, and a lady was uh, was already talking with one of the the people helping, and she asked for um, something that was evergreen that would act as a hedge and fairly quick growing. And uh, the fellow said, "Well, here, why don't you take some Nellie Stevens holly?" That's a terrific plant. And she said, okay, thank you, yada, yada. And as she was leaving, she said, by the way, who is Nellie Stevens? And the, the fellow, of course, had no idea. And that happened, believe it or not, about a week later when someone picked up a hosta. And the fellow recommended a hosta called Francis Williams. And she said, that looks great, by the way. Who is Francis Williams? And again, a blank stare. So I researched a lot of the people whose names we grow. These are real people and real Americans. And so I put together a book called Legends in the Garden. Who in the world is Nellie Stevens? And from that, I just, I'm a storyteller, Lise, and I enjoy telling stories because I have long ago learned that the adage, tell me the facts I forget, tell me the story I remember, is true for just about everybody. Uh, I taught my classes with stories. I, I tell stories whenever I speak about plants. And so one of the things that people ask is, you know, what are these common names? Because I would tell stories about how the poppy came to be the flower of remembrance, um, which is an unbelievable story. You know, how, is, there, is there somebody um, called Joe Pye? Uh, you know, what about, what about this? <laughs> what what about this plant called hooker's lips? I mean, is there really something? You know, why are dogwoods called dogwoods? It has nothing to do with dogs. So as I as I started playing with common names, and they are far more difficult to research than botanical names, uh, boy, it was just, I just learned a lot. It was great fun. People share the stories. And, you know, we sometimes gnash our teeth about gardening, and are we going to continue, are people going to continue doing it? Hell, all they got to do is tell a story. 
once they tell a story, someone else will tell the story and, and uh, we're, we're in good shape. So that's how that book came to be. And the title of Naked Ladies and Forget-Me-Nots, um, it has resonated. <laughs> People love that title. Well, and I appreciate when you, at the very beginning of the book, you come right out and say gardening should be fun. And let's not beat ourselves up over the names. And um, I'm a master gardener here in Durham, and I hang mm-hmm. my head in shame many a time when I don't know the botanical names of things. So I, I very much appreciate your position on this. Um, but I'm, I'm wondering if you're getting any pushback from folks saying, "Well, wait a minute, we shouldn't teach people the common names because no. who knows all these common names? You know, we, no. we need the botanical names." I, in the introduction of the book, I tell a little story. I tell a story about when I was at this big high flute meeting in New York. I was speaking about, I don't know, perennials, annuals, Lord knows what. There was another speaker about rhododendrons and a, another big-time speaker about some other kind of plants. And at the end, there was a question time, and this fellow got up and said, well, you know, what do you think about common names? Uh, should we be talking about common names or... You know, are the botanical names, because there's only one for each plant, are they just much better? Speaker one got up and said, of course, only botanical names, because we just confuse people with common names. The second guy got up and said the same thing. Of course, we ought to learn botanical names. Everybody should know botanical names. And once they learn those, then the common names will come along. And I got up and I said, you're all full of nonsense. This is stupid. If we want horticulture gardening, landscaping, if we want this to survive, we have to make it simpler. And the simple part is, if you want to learn botanical names, go for it. If you're a professional, you should. If you're a master gardener, you're exposed to them, go for it, do your best. But don't ever think that my daughter is ever going to learn epimedium or aquilegia. She's just not going to do it. Doesn't mean she doesn't like Baron Wharton Columbine. And that's what she's going to ask for. But we're crazy. So, and I think, and I work very, very closely with the horticultural industry. Uh, And and as an industry, we are, of course, want to know what the heck we're selling and breeding and marketing. So we do want to know botanical names. But the fact is, uh, you can't, you you know, my neighbor is simply not going to learn them. And we want my neighbor to become a gardener. Once she becomes a gardener, they become a master gardener and she'll be exposed to all of those things. But that's my take. Have I had pushback? No. I think that most people understand that botanical names are really important. If I'm a horticultural scientist, if I am in the business, is that might make my livelihood from plants, I sure as heck ought to know what I'm doing. But don't expect my neighbor to. You know, I love the uh, the stories behind the names that you shared in your book, and I want to turn your attention, maybe dig down into some of these. Um, one of my, the first one that jumped out to me was sort of what I would think of as like PR or marketing. Your story you tell about carrots and how we all think about <laughs> carrots being um, good for your eyes, but that's really not the case. You know, Lee, this is, you know, I was just talking to somebody the other day, and they asked me about the book, and I said, what is, what was the story that, you were most surprised about, you know, when you did your research, what was the one that you just, just blew you away? And it was the same one you just mentioned, oh, the story of carrots. How funny. <laughs> you know, it makes me laugh because when I'm in, and I have just recently been speaking to, you know, reasonably large audiences and I'll ask people, 
do you or does your grandmother or do you still tell your kids, did your mother tell you to eat carrots? And if they did, why? The majority of hands go up. Yes, we still tell our kids to do that. And yes, I was told to eat carrots. And of course, the reason being that they were good for your eyes. Um, so, I mean, that's, that, that, that's the premise. And of course, if you read the story as, as you have, it is just bogus. Well, for, there's actually nothing li- to do with, with eyes. <laughs> for, our listeners, I'm gonna ask you to, for our listeners, I'm going to ask you to tell me the story. I can't help but laugh because when I start telling this story, people look at me like I'm I'm making it up, and I really I'm not. But but the the the, the story is that during the Second World War, uh, when the German planes were coming across the Channel and the Blitz of London was going on in the 40s, early 40s, uh, and London was you know had blackouts and being bombed and there were shortages of everything. The English discovered or tweaked the radar so that they could better see the German planes at night, their, their fighters. And they had success now shooting the planes over the channel. They had success in limiting the attacks on London because of their research in radar. They did not want the Germans to know why they were being successful. So... They essentially made up a propaganda campaign. (laughs) This is where people look at me. And they said to the populace of London, through newspapers and whatever, and even to the countryside, that the reason that we are having less bombing is because our pilots see better at night because they eat carrots. Now, Why did they pick on carrots? I have no idea. But that is the story. Now, not only did they do this on the radio, in the newspaper, there were posters all across London and throughout the countryside that said, eat carrots, they enhance your eyesight, and they are better for you during the blackout. The idea being that if everybody believed it was carrots, maybe the Germans would as well. Now, I have no idea if... The Germans believe the word of it. But the fact is, that propaganda continued throughout the war. Carrots were one of the very few vegetables that people could get as many of as were available. And um, today, to this very day, if you go on the internet or you talk to anybody, people still believe that carrots help night vision or vision. And in fact, they're not bad for you whatsoever. They're very good for you. But they do nothing for your eyesight. But it all came from a from a propaganda uh, promotion done by the English government. Well, Quite amazing. I'm going to have to have a chat with my mother because she told me that story too when I was growing up. So. <laughs> no, no. Here's what you here's, here's what your listeners have. Here's who your listeners have a chat with. Next time you go to the eye doctor, you ask the eye doctor if carrots are good for your eyes. If he says yes, find another doctor. Uh, mine passed. He said, no, that's just a story. But uh, he didn't know the story, but he said that was just a story. But anyway, it was really quite amazing. And, and, and stories like that, stories of how the potato changed the world, stories of how the poppy became the flower of remembrance. Uh, these are plants we know and we, 
we grow and we love. And they're just amazing. That's great. That's great. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. And um, I, I hope people go out and enjoy this book. It's good fun. And um, we can learn a lot. Great stories. Well, let's, thank you for having me. Let's do it again. You can get a 10% discount on Alan's book by entering the promo code TRIANGLE on his website, alanarmitage.net. This is the Triangle Gardener Show. We're your guide to enjoyable gardening in North Carolina. For this and other episodes of our podcast, you can find us on iTunes or visit our website, trianglegardener.com. Thanks for listening.